Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Helen. And I'm Mel. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. It is Virgo season, Mm. and it is also Janet's birthday Two days ago, <laughs> so we are still celebrating birthday week for Miss Janet. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, ladies. Yes. Thank you. Well, Janet, now that your birthday has, I mean, we're still in your birthday week, how are you feeling, like, in your heart and in your mind? <laughs> My feeling. It's probably worth mentioning the age I'm turning. I know usually women don't like to share, but I'm just going to lay it out there because we're, that's what we're talking about today, right? Yeah. Um, I am turning 38 this year. And you look... I was, like, waiting for, like, the emphasis music. Yeah. <laughs> and you look great. Yes. Thank you. You have to say that. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally, you look amazing. I'll, I'll, everyone I talk to, that when they find out your age, they're like, what? They're always shocked. Oh. Uh, she has a very youthful energy and vibe. It's got the nice Asian, Asian genes, yes. right? But, yeah, I mean, I think that is actually a very good point. I think because of, like, the work that we do um, and also just, like, my general, like, lifestyle, mm-hmm. I, th- I don't feel... 38. Mm. And I'm kind of like, what do I expect a 38-year-old person to feel like or to look like or mm. to be living their life like, right? Yeah. Um, but to be honest, it's also like, it doesn't feel that different from 37. Mm. Like 38 isn't really a milestone thing. I'm not turning 35. I'm also not turning 40. It feels like one of those like in-between years. And it's definitely caused me to be quite reflective about like, huh, how am I feeling about this age Mm. which we'll definitely dive into in this episode because i know helen myself have questions for you for our new listeners out there i know we have some new listeners um just so you know janet is considered like the big sister of the abg trio she is two years older than helen and she is six years older than me which is you know that's so that's our age breakdown i feel like 30 is such a significant time period like it's a lot of mindset shifts life decisions and just a lot of different changes now that janet is firmly at the end of her 30s Ooh, I don't want to say it that way, but we wanted to have a candid conversation with you about like, how are you feeling and about turning older? 
Now, before people start rolling their eyes, getting older sounds a bit premature because we are all still relatively young here, right? But the fact is that day by day, we are getting older. Mm. By talking about the lessons and challenges of our 30s, we're able to reflect on the lessons learned and actually celebrate the experience of it all. So mm -hmm. we're going to start off with a somewhat deep and slightly esoteric question for Janet. Perfect. Love and the this. question is, how has your concept of the value of time evolved over the years? Whoa. Your concept of the value, concept of, of, the value time. of time. Wow, we're just diving right in. Diving like right in. Philosophy in. class. Yes. <laughs> I'm still processing that question. <laughs> yeah. um, well, okay. So thinking about time and the value of time, there was um, an exercise that I recently heard about. And I'm going to walk us through it. We're going to do it oh. right now. Okay. Okay. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to think about your favorite season of the year. Oh, you have it identified? Get, we got, what do we have? We got summer, fall, winter, spring. I think that's it, right? We got four, four seasons. So just pick any season. And now we're going to focus on the number 80 because that is the average age that humans live to. Okay, uh -huh. we're just going to shoot it out there, 80 approximately. Now take your age, subtract that from 80, and that is how many more times you get to experience that season for the rest of your life. Mm. Need a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> that's an exercise that's supposed to help put into context, like mm. how we actually don't have that much time here on mm. Earth. And it's supposed to help you value like, oh, my God, I only have for me, that would be like 42 summers left to experience. Right. Mm. But I actually find that I have kind of the opposite reaction. Like, I think as I'm getting older, I'm thinking, Oh, 42 summers. Okay, then um, instead of being like carpe diem, let me seize the day and like live out every single one of those summers. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. how do I make sure that I maintain so that I can live through all those summers, that the summers are going to be okay and everything is going to mm. be like comfortable and, you know, meeting like my expectations. And I thought that was interesting because I'm like, I don't know if that's just me. Like for you ladies, as you get older, do you feel like you become more like I'm going to like seize the day or are you more like, oh, I got to think about my responsibilities? I'm still figuring out how many years I have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We take 80 minus 32. Okay, 32. Off, season. What was your season? I, I think I chose fall. Oh, okay. I, I, like yeah. four is thinking. I'm like, this is a season where, where we're in. I want to enjoy this season. Uh, so it kind of okay. answers Janet's question because I feel like lately the older I've, I've, I've turned. I do feel like I'm taking more advantage of wanting mm, to do so seasonal seizing things. the day. Kind I, of like, I, yeah. Seizing, seizing the season. Seizing the season. Yeah. Yeah. What? I, oh, what's your number? 48. It's a reverse of mine because mine's 38, so I have 42 years left. So you have. <laughs> you know that meme was like. You know that meme was like. Butterflying. The math is mathing. She's mathing right now. Helen, you answered. Mine was. I think. I think. Okay. I love summer, but I think spring is also a season that I love just because, like, everything is blooming and it feels like it's just like nicer weather. And I think coming from maybe because growing up in Boston, you look forward to the spring a lot. But I also love fall. I can't stop talking about fall right now. Apple picking, apple cider, everything. Like, I want to go back to the East Coast for fall. But mm. in L.A., I'm going to say spring. Okay. Um, I have 45 years left. And when I think wow. about that, it seems like a lot. But I think if I were to think of, like, mm. okay, there's 45 years left, I'm probably in the same camp as you. It's like, mm. oh, there's actually a lot of potential years left. Yeah. But I think the way that I operate on a day-to-day -day is very much, like, seize the day. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So your long-term vision is, like, I got to be – like responsible to make sure that everything is set for all of those years. Mm -hmm. But in the mm -hmm. short term, I want to live my life. 
Yeah, I'm very short-term thinking. I'm like a goldfish. <laughs> I have usually the opposite problem. I tend to be too long-term, and I struggle mm. with experiencing the present. Okay, yeah. So I don't know if anyone else out there shares that you know same attitude or whatever, but I do think that your perspective on aging kind of depends on personality, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, that's interesting because like I, I would say, Jana, if you're like more focused on long-term, wouldn't you feel like I would think like, oh no, I don't have that much left, like summers left or falls left, so I need to like. Take advantage of it. I'm focused on, oh, I got, that's a long time left. Oh, so see. I got to make sure that I can like live that oh, long or like my family's good for that longer. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there an age that you want to be at? Because if you're mm. more future thinking, is there yeah, like a yeah. time period that you actually want to be in? Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to say forties, but I think that's because I'm 38 right now. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this pattern about myself when I was younger before my twenties, I was like, the twenties are the, the mm. decade I'm looking forward to. When I was in my twenties, the thirties. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of always mm -hmm. looking towards the next like decade yeah um so when I'm in my 40s you ask me again it's gonna change into <laughs> the next decade I thought what Janice said was really interesting because I could relate to you but then I stopped thinking that way once I hit my 30s ah I think I'm very influenced by like 30 what was like 13 going on 30 movie I thought mm. you were gonna say 30, 30 and flirty. flirty yeah that's what I like think. 30 and flirty whatever like that I'm not flirty anymore um <laughs> but I think because I always wanted to be like 20s and 30s but once I'm a hit 30s I'm like I don't want to think about the next decade. I want to mm. just live this decade out. Because I feel like, maybe because I've, I've been told or heard so many times in my 20s and even in like my teens, like 30s are your prime. So I was like, mm, I need yeah. to like take every year as much as I like, so get it. Yeah, so you know it. what's funny is maybe it's because we're getting like oh, served different things. Like I'm in my late 30s and I'm hearing the 40s are your prime. I'm That's hearing true. that too now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think it's maybe because like we're, we're like more, mm. you know, mid late thirties, and then that's what everyone in the next decade is talking about. It gets mm -hmm. better, and then mm -hmm. you're in the early thirties, so it's like everyone's saying this is Th the, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it's just like maybe it just keeps getting better and better and better. I kind of like that's that. That's what mentality. I'm gonna go with. Yeah. So let's try something a little bit different. Okay. okay and this is. Um, inspired by the concept of a rose and a thorn mm. or a giggle and a drool. So I'm gonna give Janet a prompt. And Janet, if you will, um, respond back with your perspective of how perhaps like your heart has expanded from it or there's a lesson that you learned from it. Um, starting with romantic relationships. How has your concept of romantic relationships evolved over the years? Mm. Mm. So many ways I could answer that. I was hoping to see, like, I'm like, what is, what comes first to mind? Being 38 and reflecting on my perspective on romantic relationships now, I think that I've realized that it can actually be more challenging to receive love than to give love. Mm. Um, and I think that that is something that I spent a lot of my early years. And I think a lot of people, when you're, like, dating in the early years, you're focused so much on, like, what... Um, what can I get from the person? Like, what are they giving me? Mm. And not so much about what I'm giving them. And um, as I've been dating more in the last like couple of years, I'm more focused on what am I giving to the other person? But then I'm finding that it's like, it's harder for me to receive. Um, and I think that's partially also because I have been single for such a long time. Um, and I'm generally a very independent person. It's really hard for me to accept like help. It's hard for me to be vulnerable because I have been living my life feeling like I have to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I have to get everything fine. You know, an oldest daughter too, for anyone out there who like feels me on that, like it's just natural kind of inborn in you. But I found that when it's like a romantic partner, you really have to 
like be able to be vulnerable to be able to receive if someone's giving you love like you need to it's an active it's an active like I have to force myself to open up if that makes sense mm -hmm. mm. Um, and that I found has actually been harder than just like oh let me show you love let me like mm. do an act of kindness for you mm. let me give you a hug let me do the things that will make you feel love like it's easier to do that but then to like be the on the receiving end of it and to really ha like let myself feel that it's like it's not as easy as I thought it would be I guess mm -hmm. mm. do you feel like in your more recent relationships you felt the need to open up more so than you have in your 20s in your relationship in your 20s like you feel like that wall was always up for you oh yeah and then that's like slowly been forced to be broken down totally and the weird thing is like I didn't know how solid that wall was until I started letting it or like mm. trying to let it down mm -hmm. and even to this day I'm like I don't think it's I think it's gonna take a while for it to like come completely down but um now with the mindset I have now and the perspective I have now when I think back to my 20s I would tell people I think I'm like looking for the one or I'm, I'm like totally open and vulnerable but I don't think I was I was like kind of like hard on your sleeve vulnerable but the real deep vulnerable where you're mm. like this is an ugly part of myself that I don't that I'm like I don't even know if I can confront mm. that is like being able to show mm. that to someone I wasn't even like aware of that level yet what um, do you think that where do you think that fear comes from or what do you think is like the worst case scenario if you were to remove those walls yeah that's a good question and this is something that I get asked in therapy quite a, a bit and I always have a hard time answering Becoming it. a therapist. I know, right? We're podcast. on the couch. Right, <laughs> therapy podcast. <laughs> I actually have a really hard time answering that because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what am I ultimately afraid of? Mm. I guess it's just, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I don't want to inconvenience that other person. Mm. Like, like make mm. them like feel put, burdened. Like put your burdens on yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and then it's like, well, why do I, why am I scared of that? Because then they will feel suffering. Why am I afraid of someone else feeling suffering? Because I don't like, when I'm around someone who's suffering, I suffer. Mm. That's kind of the rabbit hole I go down. I know ultimately yeah. it probably goes down to like fear of being left or, or something mm. like that. Mm -hmm. But my automatic mm -hmm. thing is mm -hmm. like, I don't want to yeah. deal with the the hard mm -hmm. stuff because if it makes them sad, it makes me sad and mm -hmm. then it's just all sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying with that. I feel that way with friends too. Yeah. 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 I can see what you're saying. It's really interesting to hear you talk about it because I feel like we, I don't think we actually talked about this in a long time. So I haven't heard your answer in a yeah. while. Um, I also find it fascinating because when you said I do it with my friends, I'm like really opposite of this. So I just trying to understand your like psyche. Psychology. Like why? Uh, I think you I know. Yeah. I think a lot of it is probably what I was like, um, what was modeled for me mm. when I was growing up. Yeah. Like I think within my family, there isn't a lot of, talking like or sharing of mm. feelings and stuff so then I just that was mm. what I kind of like learned and like your default yeah yeah, yeah the default setting mm -hmm. yeah because I think I know like this is, sounds like a segue into therapy talk but I feel like when we talk the three of us there is like all three of us are perfectionists in our own way but I think there's a different layer you guys are like you guys are raised to be very academia focused like mm -hmm. to be very like AP da, 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 like I think to some degree even though I had that it was a different my perfectionist is a different type, like wanting mm -hmm. control, mm -hmm. you know, because I think when I think of Janet, like, to be honest, and you could, this is just me, like, yeah. theorizing, you're very proper, and I think you were raised I that am. way, and just you're very, like, put together, proper, and I think, I wonder if that being raised, or just even, like, being in dance, like, you have to be proper at certain yeah, dance forms, yeah. and, like, just being part of these organizations, I'm like, I wonder if that just trickled into, like, just how you live your life, totally. which is not a wrong thing, it just, like, a pattern yeah mm -hmm. I mean, but it's funny because it's like if you look at my sister we're like oh, actually 
it's I think I think maybe on the surface or some things, but yeah, I think she's also at the root of some things very proper and very polite. Mm. Even though like socially she might feel like she kind of breaks rules a little bit more, is a little bit more like easygoing. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that's probably a product of just our family and our household and mm -hmm. maybe yeah being in ballet from a young age like every everything is about like a proper way to do something mm. and positioning but I think what you were saying about like um just not rubbing off like putting your negative energy onto others I, that probably is a core like a core reason for that is probably because of the family and the household and yeah. the way that like your parents told you like don't express and hold things in um and don't overshare because it wasn't really allowed in the household right yeah, in like yeah. an asian household and i felt the same way yeah so i think that's to like your question of like why do you feel mm -hmm. that way i think that's probably where it does come from like i definitely feel exactly what you're saying of yeah. like especially to friends i'm just like i don't want to burden you with a lot of what i'm going through because I can either figure it out myself mm -hmm. or you are already going through so much yourself that I don't need to put my burden onto you. But you know, I think the thing, and this, and this is why, like I'm confronting this again in my romantic relationships because mm -hmm. I was like that with friends too. I wasn't very open mm -hmm. and through my 20s, because of some key friendships I had, they like forced it out of me. Yeah, I feel like you two forced <laughs> it out of me. <laughs> yes. And the thing is like, I because I experienced that and then I was like oh I didn't know that you can be close to people in this way mm -hmm. and she was like this is how you sh this is what mm -hmm. a relationship is yeah. you know how are you supposed to have like a romantic relationship if you can't even be this close to another person mm -hmm. and so I think realizing that then I started to like push myself to do that with friends mm -hmm. because then I also experienced they would do it back to me and I realized even though I was going through stuff sometimes dealing with someone else's problems and helping them mm. feel better mm -hmm. made me feel better right yeah but making that leap from friendship to a romantic partner and putting that on them i think that is where it's hard i always felt like it was easy to do that easier to do that with a romantic partner mm. than a friend yeah 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 for mm. some reason um yeah i could see that i could like see it's that. like that level level of vulnerability needs to hit like immediately with yeah, a romantic yeah, yeah. relationship because it's like for me it's like if i want to see long term like longevity with this person they need to know all my shit mm, and it's like yeah, can yeah. you deal with my shit or not versus with a friend i'm like okay there are mm. certain things that we can hide or whatever or not talk about but um yeah anyway i feel like we're going That's on true. a yeah. huge tangent <laughs> <laughs> this conversation but it's just i mean it's it's interesting it is interesting yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, we, I think we had this conversations before about this, I mean, Helen, because yeah. I'm, I'm a dumper. And it turns like, I feel in like, always. All, <laughs> in I, f I don't know, like, maybe it's because I've always been like a venter. Like, that's just the way I cope mm. with things. My friends, I think I also got a relationship with my mom where we just talk about this. And mm. my mom is like, she's a mix of traditional and very westernized mm -hmm. that I was able to have like, maybe like an open dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I don't hide, I can't hide anything. Even with you guys, I'm like, I'll like, oh, wait to tell them. I'm telling them now. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's how I am. And I, I don't know. Like, being so open, the bad thing is you do feel like, oh, shit. Like, I feel like I'm always burdening people, though, because I'm always dumping shit on them. But mm -hmm. with you with you both, it's more like you hide things. But then you guys probably can't. Yeah. You know, sometimes. it's a, You hold the burden of a lot of things. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, what I'm getting from this is, like, as we, like, as I'm getting older and as we all are getting older into, like, the later, or early, mid, and late 30s, whatever your natural tendency is, you become t you become aware of it and start mm. to kind of like go towards the middle a little bit more. That's true. Like you're like mm. aware that you're like sure. So you're like, maybe let me try to like pull it back a bit. We're mm. like, okay, we haven't shared up. Maybe I need to like push myself to share mm. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's go back to the prompts. The next one is about friendships oh. or your chosen family. Mm. How has your concept of friendships evolved over the years? Um, 
particularly in the last like five years. So distinctly in my early 30s to like my late 30s, my concept of friends has skyrocketed in understanding how important they mm -hmm. are. Like so, so important. I would describe it this way. When I was much younger, I didn't really, I was not thoughtful about relationships at all. It's kind of like whoever's there, right? Your family's there, your friends yeah. are there, whatever. And then as I got maybe into like my 20s, I started to really appreciate my family, my parents, like my direct nuclear family, mm -hmm. my parents, um, my sister. And that was like a huge thing. And then in my 30s, I was like, oh, friends, like the mm -hmm. chosen family is incredibly important because in your 30s, people start to get married. They start to build their own families. And you have to be a lot more like you start to notice that the relationships start to, to they're not naturally there anymore. You have mm -hmm. to put in effort to maintain them. Um, and, you know, human beings are naturally social creatures. We need connection to thrive. Mm -hmm. And I think in my 30s was kind of the first time that I wasn't, that wasn't really automatically given to me and I had to seek it out. Mm. So for me, like friends and relationships, I've just like, I'm like, I know my value of them has like increased tenfold. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on like changing my behavior accordingly. Cause like I say, I'm, I'm so used to just kind of like going with the flow and maybe not being deliberate about like you know, like um, arranging hangouts, arranging like events and things like that. But the more that I get older, I'm like just even just sitting down and having a talk where it's like not an eventful thing, just catching up with them. Mm. I, I put a lot of value on that. Mm. Um, how about your relationship with your body? Something that changes and grows with you over time. You just can't leave on the side of the road some days when you want to. <laughs> yeah. But how has your relationship with your body evolved over time, whether it's in the areas of health and fitness mm. or fertility, egg freezing, all of that? Oh, wow. Um, 38 years. This isn't a kneecap that's been over yeah. 38 years. There are moments when I look at my body and I'm like, I can't believe that this like has been with me for like that's true, almost huh? 40 years. Yeah. That um, this is the one thing that was like there in my memories when I was like three all the way to like when I had, I don't know, when I graduated high school. And it's mm -hmm. like, what is the yeah. thing that's been constant is your own physical like being in your body. Like as much as I complain about my body feeling creaky and like, yes, back pain is a thing now. Yes, all of my joints pop when I move. Same, I was just trying to pop my... Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> like I definitely, yeah, like your body feels less agile as you get older and I feel that. Mm. But I also feel like I appreciate like my ability to like stretch or like any anything that I can do where I'm like, oh, I... I can run like three miles. And before that used to be like, oh, why can't I do like more? Or like, yeah, that's whatever. Now I'm like, I'm almost 40 and I can run three miles. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, I'm almost 40 and like, I mean, let's just, I think being very frank as a woman, it is impossible to not look at your body and have certain ideas about it or mm. feelings about it. Mm -hmm. And on the both, both ends, right? Good mm -hmm. and bad. But I started like, I think when I was in my 20s, it was a little bit more critical now that I'm like closer to like my 40s, that dialogue in my head is almost like, you know what? For a f almost 40 year old body, I think I'm okay that there's like a little bit more here or that mm. this isn't perfect in that way. Like I'm doing pretty good. And that's been kind of a nice flip. But I will say that it's still, you always have like good and like not so great days. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. that's been kind of a little bit of an evolution. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. 
You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Well, Jana, thank you so much for kind of going over your like rose and thorn with all of us. Rose and thorns. Um, what are some habits do you think you're going to continue with as you – I keep saying age. age. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I don't like saying you know, that. I understand the reservation that I think the words aging and older generally have like a negative connotation yeah. to them. But I think that there can be – you can look at it in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to be like – overly like toxically positive where it's like it's always amazing and it's always great the truth is it's both things Mm. and it's okay that it's both things and we can talk about aging and we Mm -hmm. can talk about getting older and it doesn't have to be extra negative or extra positive it's just a thing that happens okay so what habits what habits (laughs) i think some of it's like really basic i'm getting back to the the like basic things I think making sure that I am getting like good nutrients in my body, Mm. not to say I'm not going to also get not so great nutrients. This is the thing that I always talk about is like, I'm going to, you know, like be good with eating things of of whatever nature, but I always just want to make sure that I get like vitamins and minerals and the nutrients that I need. And I've just noticed that I feel better when Mm. that happens. So that's something Mm. I'm going to continue to do. And the second thing is I really am going to continue and I want you to do even a better job of this is like value or uh, preserving my sense of like peace of mind. And what that means is like thoughts and feelings, um, moods, all of that. Um, I think just doing things to prioritize that, whether Mm -hmm. that means not going to so many things, saying no to certain things, um, making sure that I'm like meditating regularly, even if it means I'm gonna be a little late to this thing or it starts my morning a little later. Um, Third thing, is I want to continue focusing on kindness. Mm. I think that like it's very easy when life gets harder because it absolutely does as you get older, I think just naturally. And I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who doesn't even have other people relying on me yet with like family and and different things. But um, it is so easy to get stressed and to have like negative thoughts. And whenever I do, I try to focus on coming back to like being kind. Mm. And I find that when when I'm able to really, really – repeat it and believe it and it's at the core of what I'm doing that it makes life so much more pleasant to experience. So those are my three habits. Are- Eat well, maintain your mental wellness and um, and focus on being kind. I really like those ones. Yeah, same. Live well with the J. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Hear all about it on her mini show, y'all, on Tuesdays. <laughs> on Tuesdays. <laughs> yes. Um, what do you hope to experience before you turn 40? Ooh. Uh, Okay, this is a really random one, mm-hmm. but like I've been to Paris a couple of times with like girlfriends, only actually only two times. Um, and one thing I've wanted to do and I've never done just because we're always so rushed is I want to go into a random store or like a bakery, a market, and get a, a baguette. Croissant. 
croissant. Maybe a croissant too. Didn't you have a? You did a reel with like yeah, a, yeah. Croissant. A, croiss- yes. a croissant. A croissant. Um, and then get one of those. Get a baguette. Uh-huh. Get some brie or camembert cheese. Maybe both because those are the classic French cheeses. And then get a bottle of red wine. And I want to go sit by the. I'm gonna pronounce this uh, by the Seine, the Seine River, the Seine River. I think it's Seine. Seine. Thank you. I want to go sit by the Seine River and just have a, like a picnic with just that simple things: bread, cheese, and wine. Mm. That uh, sounds amazing. It's so simple, right? And I don't know. I always like. I always kind of like imagine that scene, and then when I get there, I, it gets lost in the shuffle of like going to see the Met or not the Met, going to see the Louvre or yeah. like going to do other things. So, um, yeah, that is something I want to do before I turn forty. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I want to like expand my definition of fun so that I can have more fun. <gasps> Ooh, I like that Wait, that's, a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. I struggle with having fun a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I think about it, it's like, because maybe I don't, it's like, what do you find fun? And yeah. uh, I'm like, I like yoga. And I like, I like hanging out with my friends. You know, it's like, so I'm mm. like, come on. Like, what are some other things that I would find fun? I want to be able to name more things. I don't Well, like, what do you ladies find fun? <laughs> I love exploring different cities. I find that really fun. I feel like that's mm-hmm. like my thing in this stage of my life where it's like finding new places to explore yeah yeah so new new physical places yeah I I mean for me it's like um I I, I like watching my shows I know that's like weird but that's not weird. I'm also like getting into like like card games like Monopoly deal oh, yeah like it's just, it just it's such a wholesome thing that we do now at like our, our gatherings I'm like because I get competitive Mm. And it becomes fun. Yeah. 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 Or like Catan Nights. So, so That game still confuses me. But so I don't fun. know how to play it. What do you, what do you consider fun? <laughs> Yoga. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think going to new places, being stimulated by new things definitely yeah. um, invigorates me. I feel like muse- like you've, you always like museums, museums and like just kind of absorbing things that like challenge you in an intellectual way too. Yeah. It makes yeah. you think. Yeah. Right. I like Thinking is fun. <laughs> Not studying. I actually really don't like studying. Mm. But I think when it's like having a conversation and someone posing a question that makes you kind of like scratch your head. And mm. I like doing that with, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so I'm just so stuck on the Paris thing. I, I feel like we mm. should do this. Like it sounds like I want to do this. Or you could do it yourself. I mean, should we by, by the <laughs> LA River for, uh, for now? <laughs> But maybe for your 40th, you go to Paris. Oh, oh my gosh. That is a Sorry, great just like, idea. But is this a before 40 thing? Or we could just, you know, right before? We could do it right. We could do it like right like a couple days like, before. Yeah, I think that's morning. actually like, I'm down. That's All right. With Janet, we need to do a rave <laughs> and go to Paris. Yeah. Rave in Paris. Rave Ooh, in Paris. That's yeah. what we <laughs> Sorry. Rave in Paris? <laughs> so I'm inching towards the end of my 30s. But Helen is dead smack in the middle. Mel is at the beginning. We've got the spectrum of the 30s decade covered. Let's talk about responsibilities or challenges that hit harder in Mm. your 30s than you thought they would. Hmm. I think my challenge right now in my mid-30s is fighting time. And we've been talking about time a lot, Mm, right? But it is fighting time. Throughout my whole life, I feel like I've always been a kid, Sometimes I look in the mirror and I still feel like a kid. Mm. Like my parents have always been parents. My grandparents have always been old. Right? Yeah, ever since you were little. <laughs> it they were kind of crazy to think about. Like ever since I was a baby, they were already grandparents. Mm. So that puts me in a position of always being a kid. And now having my first kid and having seen two of my grandparents pass and seeing my parents move on to the stage of becoming those grandparents, Mm. it's kind of, and also like just seeing 
physically seeing my kid grow. Like every month he's growing a little bit more. We have a little like little metric thingy for him to like stand back on and we're measuring him and taking a little photo so that we can always see like exactly how he looks like as he's getting older. But we, I am physically seeing him get older and he reminds me that time stands still for no one. You know, so I think my challenge right now in life is figuring out how to like have time kind of stand still a little bit more, Mm. but also how to show up in life so that I can be the best version of myself, the best daughter, the best mom, the best granddaughter, the best wife, the best friend that I can be right now. And I think the challenge is finding the balance for all of that because I am very hyper aware now that time stands still for no one. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that feels like no matter what I do, it doesn't feel like enough. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm giving enough to each bucket of my life that I really want to give to. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think I I have been finding lately the most challenge in my 30s. It's -hmm. just like, I just can't, I don't feel like I can be everywhere. And you hear that all the time. And I think the challenge is going to be trying to be okay with that. Mm, Because I don't think you're ever going to be able to fill every bucket 100% as much Mm. as you want to. And I know this, but it still feels like I feel guilty for not being able to, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's that's my, my 30s challenge right now. Yeah, that's a big one. I like that you focused on being able to accept that or like how do you work through that? Because mm-hmm. like to your point, you know logically it's not something you can like solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, very, that's a very powerful one. Yeah, that's tough. How about for you, Mel? Huh, okay, so I did think of three things that I'm having like, these are challenges I didn't think I had to deal with in my 20s or I didn't expect mm-hmm. to have in my 30s. The first one's so much of like what Janet was talking about, like maintaining your health, it becomes a real thing in your 30s. Like. I'm the type of person that I would, I'm a foodie. I would eat everything and like didn't give a crap of what it did to me. Mm-hmm. Now in my 30s, I'm so aware how certain foods result in certain actions or like things or like consequences. that you- <laughs> Yeah. And it's just weird because I've been such a like heavy flavor noodle, like spicy, all this kind of thing. But things have changed. Like I can't. Like I, your stomach and your digestion. Stomach, yeah, yeah, just a lot of like digestion digestion things. They're just like, oh shit, like gut health is a thing. Um, mm. So I think more so than ever, I am hyper aware of things that I can. I mean, I could eat everything, but like knowing what it does to my body, I'm like aware of it more so than mm. ever. Because um, I feel it right away. But I think that also relates to just your body image. Like I think I didn't... I think when you're in your 30s, you obviously things like quote unquote like slow down or like everybody is different. For me, I'm seeing changes and I'm just like having to accept and love it still as mm. you're going through these changes yeah. and not judge yourself so heavily is again, highs and low days. It's a thing. The second thing I didn't expect to feel and sometimes I feel bad for feeling this is that in your 30s, like you're probably well into your career maybe and like you know, you think you found like the thing that you're going to stick with forever. But again, things always change and things all, not everything is always for forever, I guess. And like dealing with the lack of inspiration sometimes in your thirties mm-hmm. feels like shit because you're like, I shouldn't feel this way. Mm-hmm. Like there's something wrong with me because I should feel inspired. Like if you were like, as someone who worked really hard in their twenties to get everything they wanted. Now I'm here. I'm like, I have everything I wanted, but there are some days where I feel like I don't feel inspired by things. I don't feel mm-hmm. inspired by life. And then you feel this guilt of like, oh, but I should feel so grateful of what I have around me. So how do you deal with this, like, sometimes this lack of like, I, I call it a funk, like in your funk, like what do you, how do you deal with that? Mm. And not feel, not, and not 
penalize yourself for feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, oh, last thing I will say is finance. Again, this is probably more personal for myself because I feel like everyone has a different financial background and different jobs. I think as someone who started out in the creative field and media right away, I didn't have like a very, I didn't, I didn't have like a strong financial foundation. And I think to a lot of people, I would feel like in my 30s, and this is heavily also influenced by your peers and your friends around you. I like knowing the fact that I can't, I may not have the financial means to buy a house next year, to to be a homeowner in the next couple of years and to afford the things that I always fantasized about mm. or dreamed about. Because the reality is, is that's just not where, I am, where I'm at. And it, it is tough sometimes because I have friends working in like tech. And I'm like, dang, you, that's what you did for work. <laughs> and that's how much you make. It's just mm. like, the realities of these things become so real because I also think that like in your thirties, all these things like home buying or like wedding or like mm -hmm. traveling, all the, like it's becoming a reality for a lot of people yeah. and you're seeing it around you more realistically versus like hearing about it in your twenties or hearing about it in your teens. Mm -hmm. So you're like, how do you realistically deal with the realities of being financially independent and being able to afford the things that you want to live a comfortable lifestyle. So those are things that I feel like I'm tackling still mm. and probably will continue to tackle in my 30s to to feel secure. And I think there are moments where I feel really secure and there are moments where I feel like, shit, like I'm not, you know? Yeah, so yeah. that's just something I feel like I'm dealing with. It, I, I think all the things I mentioned, it's like an ebb, ebb, it ebbs and flows depending mm -hmm. on your your mindset or your mind where you are mentally yeah yeah i mean i think these are all things that are like throughout our 30s mm -hmm. there is a lot of change right there is you start developing families mm -hmm. and you start buying homes and i think there is a lot of like internal like guilt or learning to balance learning to accept mm -hmm. uh, i'm curious which of the things that we talked about people are interested in hearing more about so leave yeah. those in the comments mm -hmm. for us um, but as we've reflected on the past, like, you know, just within the last couple of years in this decade, I want to push us a little bit forward. Ooh. What is something you wish for Helen in like either 10 or 30 years, Mel in either 10 or 30 years? Ooh. Future Mel and future Helen. Okay. I, I essentially broke this down to three things again. One, I think ultimately I just want to feel like when I'm like, let's say 10, 20 years from now, I want to feel like I was able to do everything I wanted to with the, the right means. Did I say that right? With the right, within, is within it? Your, within my means. Because mm -hmm. ah. I want to feel essentially like hashtag no regrets. Like I just want to mm. feel like I, I did what I can and I did my best and I mm. feel satisfied with what I what I did. The second thing also, I just feel, I want to feel like at peace at, again, where I am mm. and how I feel about myself, you know, like how I like just feel in general about my independent male self mm. um, and just be comfortable in my skin. Um and my third one is, I think this is also impact influenced by my mom, like watching her live her life in her like 50s. I want to have an active social life and still mm. have a rich community around me because I've seen my mom go from just working and not like having a couple of friends to like really putting herself out there and having like a Zumba community, like her friends she goes hiking and grabs dinner with on the weekends. I'm like, she looks so happy and I, I could tell mm. she is and making time for travel. And I'm just like, I want that when I'm her age to feel yeah. like I'm not happiness i could i create my own happiness with my friends and my activities and sometimes i see like on reels like with these old ladies getting coffee or like they're like traveling and like you know the funny reels like i want to be them when i'm their age mm -hmm. i want i see us doing stuff like that mm -hmm. like you know like let's talking about our family over cake and like coffee sometimes or like yeah. go on like a hey we're like we're like 50s and 60s but we're still gonna go on vacation like have a girl's trip like that mm -hmm. still can happen and i want that still so i just want to have a like a very cultivated social life still 
this is why I know we're friends because I feel like I have very similar, oh. actually oh. kind of like mm, a similar outlook for myself in the future as well. With the number one thing um, being being at peace. Mm. The one thing that I sort of always wish for my friends um, and family and, and not just for myself, but for them as well, is this feeling of contentment. Mm. It is not not complacency, but contentment in, what, in whatever form that looks like for each person, because that's going to look different. But that is similar to like just being at peace with themselves. I want to be at peace and not feeling any sort of like guilt or regret or anything like that. When I'm older, I just want to feel my level of contentment, whatever that looks like for me. Also on the topic of like aging, I feel like people always talk about like, oh, your body's gonna look mm. different, it's gonna change. And at this point in my life, I would love for my body to age naturally. Mm. I want to accept the wrinkles and the sagging and the post breastfeeding breasts and like all of that and feel comfortable in my body to still continue loving it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be a big thing that we haven't gone through fully yet, right? Mm -hmm. We're going through like fine lines and wrinkles, but not like the extent of what will happen. And I want to, when we get to that point, be able to be happy with my body still. Mm. I want to be able to continue surrounding myself with just people that I love, like be surrounded by love at all times. <laughs> If that's possible. I also want to be when I am much, much older and it's kind of similar to you comparing yourself to your mom or like wanting to sort of be um, in the same lifestyle as your mom. I look at my grandma and I want to be as happy as my grandma. Mm. Um, actually, when I was saying my vows to my husband, I had a line in there that said like, I want to I'm, I want to be as happy as my grandma is, as my papa is. And she was sitting right there and I said, I looked at her, I was like, I want to be as happy as you are. Even when I'm like 80 or 90, I want to be that grandma that still jumps out of a plane, that still is still She's twerking. out of a plane? No, I'm oh. saying a, a grandma <laughs> that does that. I want to be like even more extreme yeah. than my current grandma is, mm. but for to still be twerking even though my knees are creaking, yeah. oh, you yes. know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm going to be that grandma. I think my... I. I've always seen life with mm. a half glass full cup and I want to maintain that optimism for as long as I can. Hopes and dreams for the future. Yeah. I'm getting so excited. I don't know why. Excited for the future. Our like goals are aligned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
truly connects me to my childhood, mm. to my childhood home. And I mean, I had it with me when I gave birth to my son. Like it is my oh, soothing wow. blanket still. It is my thumb sucking still. It is like the thing that mm. still gives me that that peace and that groundedness, even as an adult of where I've come from and like just who I am. Mm -hmm. So that is one physical item that I don't think I'll ever grow out of. Mm. All of my boyfriends have slept in my bed, have seen that blanket. It's been through a lot. So, Ooh, okay. and I'm like, yeah, this blanket is in this bed no matter what, okay? Um, so baby blanket for one. And then I think secondly, it kind of similar to my last answer, is a certain level of like youthfulness mm. that um, I think I will always have. And it's not youthfulness to the point where it's like lack of adult wisdom or immaturity, even though I can definitely be immature sometimes. But I think it's wanting to maintain that outlook on life that is always just going to be wide eyed and excited for life. That's something that I still have now at the age of in my mid 30s at 35. And I hope to continue having that for the rest of my life. Hmm. Yeah. I forgot your blanket. That's very I know. nice. <laughs> Damn. Blanket and youthful, youthful curiosity kind of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have thought like if there was knock on wood ever a fire, which hopefully will never happen, my blanket's sure. probably the one thing that I would have to mm -hmm. grab. It's probably gonna be my blanket mm. over journals or anything. It'd oh. be my blanket. Hang, it makes me think about my stuffed dog that I always have too. <laughs> um, hey, mine are mine's like a quick list. Um, I think about habits that. I've I've has stuck with me since probably like high school or college that I can't mm. just shake off because I kind of like one is I will forever love watching like romantic funny Korean dramas because I literally feel all the ooey gooey feelings at 32 and yes they're getting younger but the feelings are still there like when I watch shows that feel nostalgic it brings me back straight to high school mm. a feeling like having a crush or like you know, it just it just brings back these memories that I still hold on to. The second thing I would probably continue doing that I love is like I still I look back at old photos and videos from high school and college still. And it just and I share it sometimes with my friends when we're in the photo. Like, remember this? I think I'll continue to look at old photos and videos and share memories because it's a reminder of like these are such great times. Not saying I don't like my time now, but I can't like look at the look at the beautiful memories we accumulated throughout the years and mm -hmm. we're continuing to add. So that's something I would still continue to do. Uh, that brings me joy. The third one is I still will read YA novels, even though I'm not a young adult anymore. That it sounds so weird, but I find myself in another bookstore. I still gravitate towards that genre because, again, it's a feeling that I get reading these things. It mm -hmm. brings me back to a youthful feeling. And I think by reading it, it makes me still feel youthful, you know? Mm -hmm. The other one is really weird that I feel like everyone that lives with me know that knows that I have this habit. When I eat food, I'm also going to be watching food videos. Because mm. it makes the things I eat taste a little bit better. And it's just another sen sense of company that I just haven't ever shaked off since elementary school. I used to watch the Food Network channel, like have mm. lunch. And to this day, I still pull up a YouTube video. The last thing for me that will I'll, I don't know if it's like a habit, but something that I will never get tired of. And I think this will continue to happen as long as my mom is in my life is going back home whenever like on the weekends she'll always make this like soup noodle soup dish that's like maybe instant noodles and she throws anything she wants in whenever I'm back home I always feel like a child again it doesn't matter mm. how old my mom is how old I am I will always feel like her daughter and like that young person and the way she takes care of me by feeding these like this, the, the noodles and stuff it just again it just transport me transports me back to feeling useful and I will feel like I'm that's gonna always be, continue yeah yeah Aww. Thanks, ladies. Those yeah. are such sweet, like, memories. Um, I only have one answer. I know. I want. Let's, let's hear it. 
The thing that I never want to grow out of is loving to dance. Mm. I think ever since I just remember being little too, and like when I hear music that I enjoy, I just start moving. And I want to do that well into my 90s. If it's going to be like, if I'm in a wheelchair, it'll be upper body movement. I'll be there with you. But, yeah. I'll be there with you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's along kind of maintaining that youthful, like it's a nostalgia yeah. thing that's just yeah. always been there. And I, I hope to have it continue. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode where it was a celebration of my birthday, me turning 38. And Woo! in it, we reflected, you know, being in our 30s, what it's like being in your late 30s as you're approaching the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, we shared a lot of stuff. If anything of it resonated with you, please let us know in the comments if we should talk about some other subtopic around this. Yeah. Let us know. So these episodes on YouTube come out every Thursday. You can also catch our mini shows, which come out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever your uh, podcasting platform preference is, every Tuesday. So Tuesdays, listen to us. Thursdays, come watch us on YouTube. And with that, we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.